0: Hello and welcome back. Today we'll be looking at the lesson from the Old Testament overview number four. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1, 9, as may or may not be necessary. Lesson number four. Number one, last lesson, I completed our analysis of Genesis one, verses one through two and seven, and now we need to move quickly through the creation of man on our way to the great flood. Point two, in concluding lesson three, I hurriedly gave you the six days of restoration with scripture from the KJV. This morning, I want to slow down and give you those same six days, but with Scripture from an, an expanded translation. Chart from day one Genesis 1 1. In eternity past, before time, the Trinity created out of absolutely nothing the heavens and the earth. 1 2. The perfect creation remained so until the fall of Satan. After the fall, the earth became formless, empty and dark, and darkness totally devoid of heat was over the surface of the raging waters which surrounded the earth. Seeing the chaos, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters as a mother hen sits on her eggs, providing warmth for incubation. Verse 3, And God said, Let there be light from no concentrated source. And there was light which uniquely stood alone apart from any light body. Verse four, God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. Verse five, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning at the very same time. Day one of the restoration. Day two, Genesis 1, through 1 8. And then God said, Let there be atmosphere between the waters, so now we have water over the earth, atmosphere over this water, and even more water above the atmosphere. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it, and it was so. God called the expanse sky, and there was evening. And there was morning at the very same time, day two of the restoration. Day three, Genesis 1-9 through one thirteen, And then God said, Let the water under the sky fall to earth, and let the various land masses rise up and appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land. And the gathered waters he called oceans, seas, rivers, streams, etc. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation. So seed-bearing plants and trees appeared on the land. And the flora which came forth bore fruit which had its own seed, and thus there were various kinds of flora proliferating on the land. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, which was capable of reproducing itself. Trees and flora of all kinds appeared, and God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning at the same time. Day three of the restoration. Day four. Genesis 1, verse 14 through 19. And then God said, Let there be light bodies in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years, and let there be stars in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. For the light earlier created took up residence within the various light bodies. God made two great lights for planet earth. The greater light to govern the day we call the sun, and the lesser light to govern the night we call the moon. And then he set them in the expanse of the sky to give light for the earth, the sun to govern the day, and the moon to govern the night. The light bodies were designed to separate light from darkness, and God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, at the very same time, day four of the restoration. Day five, Genesis 1, verse 20 through 23. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, both mammals and fish, according to its kind, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the various water bodies, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning at the very same time. Day five of the restoration. Day six. Genesis 1, verses 24 through 31. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kind, domestic animals and wild animals, each according to its kind, and it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kind, the domestic animals according to their kind, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created the soul of man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds of the air, and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I also give you every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning at the very same time. Day six of the restoration. Day seven. Genesis 2, verses 1 through 7. The heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work, having provided all which man needed, so on the seventh day, he ceased his restoration. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he celebrated his creation and restoration. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God created and restored the earth and the heavens. And no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of lives, and man became a living being. If you don't have the outline, we have a chart there, so I'm going to tell you now that you can go to West Bank Bible Church, go to the Old Testament, and it's our Old Testament overview, and we are in lesson four, and you can download a PDF and follow along. In the charts, the seven days of the restoration and creation. Point three, principles. Three point one, since God finished his work on the sixth day, which was Genesis two, verses one and two, why does he now speak of the completion on the seventh day? Genesis two, one through two, three. The heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished the work, having provided all which man needed, so on the seventh day he ceased his restoration. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he celebrated his creation and restoration. 3.2. In the context of verses 1 through 3, the dawn of the seventh day was the first full day of the completed restoration. Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. Established the precedent for the day free from creative endeavor. 3.3 Omnipotent God needed no rest. He was neither wearied nor tired from his labors. Isaiah 40:28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. 3.4. The Hebrew word translated rested, Shabbat, literally means to cease work. God ceased his creative labor because his work was finished. For man's every need had been met. 3.5. God's ceasing from work illustrates God's grace. Grace means God's underserved blessing freely bestowed apart from any merit on man's part. God performed everything necessary for the sustenance of the human race. Hebrews 4, verses 3 and 4. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. 3.6. Man could never add to the perfection of God's creation. Thus, the Sabbath commemorates the unmerited benefits of grace to mankind. 3.6.1 Perfection continued for an unknown period of time until Adam disobeyed God and sin once again fell upon the earth. Genesis three one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? 3.7 Here is the first of many yet future denials of divine revelation and divine inspiration. The first question of Satan was designed to cast doubt upon the veracity of the Word of God. Genesis chapter 3 verse 2 through 4 The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden." But God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the mid, ele, of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. 3.8 The statement, or you shall die, is attacked by Satan. Satan is saying God's word is not true. However, the wreckage of earth and a million billion graves attest to the truth of God and that Satan is the original liar. John, chapter 8, verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. 3.9. Further, it can be seen how Eve, like so many others to follow, had paid scant attention to doctrine taught in this case by our Lord and later by innumerable pastor teachers. Eve thought God had said, you must not touch it or you will die. Eve had not listened to the teachings of doctrine spoken by our Lord in the cool of the evening. This error on her part would provide the opening Satan needed as he probably reached out and touched the forbidden fruit and then grinned as he showed Eve he hadn't died. One piece of false doctrine will be used by Satan to build further heterodoxy. Today, his lies take various forms, like the denial of an eternal lake of fire. Genesis three five. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good, which is tov and evil ra. 3.1 Satan now appeals to Eve's arrogance and jealousy. Notice Eve had no need for the knowledge of good or evil. Most people only see sin and evil. In this passage, but both sin, evil, and human good are in view. 3.11 Many Muslims, Mormons, Hindus, Jews, agnostics, and Tars, unbelievers, and local assemblies everywhere seem to be such good people. Sweet kind and even witnessing, healing and performing miracles in the name of Jesus. And yet on judgment day, God will say, depart from me, I know you not. Matthew chapter seven, verses 22 and 23. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, I have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils? and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Genesis three six. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. 3.12 The woman Isha is walking not by faith, but by sight, for she sees that the fruit is good for food, pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. Notice the fruit gave no appearance of anything but goodness, kindness, pleasantness, and aesthetic appeal. So why not eat it? 3.13 The problem of walking by sight is that you can be fooled by appearance. Eve, like many today, had no doctrine to counter reality. Satan says, But some agnostics, Muslim, Hindus, Buddhists, Jews, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christian scientists, are so sweet and kind and pleasant. So why not eat of the tree? 3.14 But we must all make sure doctrine is more real than reality, and doctrine says, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He that believeth in me shall never die. He that has the Son has eternal life. He that has not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. 3.15 the nature of eve's fall and how it differed from adam's is not made clear in the genesis account we must go to paul's second letter to timothy for an explanation first timothy chapter 2 verse 11 through 14 let the woman learn in silence with all subjection but i suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man but to be in silence for Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Genesis 3.7 Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. 3.16 It was not skin nakedness, they discovered, but the nakedness of their dead souls. It was, says Barnhouse, quote, that it was more probable that they were clothed in light before the fall and afterwards their lights went out. Light is the symbol of righteousness and both are mentioned in scripture as a garment. God clothed himself in light as with a garment. Psalms 104, verse 2. Who covereth thyself with light as with a garment, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain. 3.17. In the transfiguration, Christ's raiment was white as the light. Matthew 17:2, And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. When sin came, they sought a solution, and the solution involved human good, working their way back into the good graces of God. Only later will they learn the more you work, the deeper the debt. The fig leaves were their impotent solution. Romans chapter 4, verse 4 through 9 Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him, that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are those whose iniquities are forgiven. And whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you are saved, by faith and that not of yourselves. A. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Genesis 3.8 Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And they heard the voice of God. What more wonderful sound! And yet, they were terrified. Sin separates and creates fear. Fear comes from Satan. Power and love come from God. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Second Timothy seven, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. 3.2 Here we find a loving God pursuing the crown of his creation. His voice has been described variously. It is said to be powerful, full of majesty, that which breaks the cedars, that which divides the flames of fire, that which shakes the wilderness, maketh the hinds to calve, discovereth the forest, melts the earth. Psalms 29, verse 3 through 11. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is up on many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf. Lebanon is... And Sirion like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve, and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth every one speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Psalms six six. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. 3.21 Sins are terrible whether it be a sin against self or others but the worst aspect of sin according to scriptures is that it is an affront against the majesty and holiness of god that is why david after a series of sins adultery murder and the betrayal of betrayal of several military heroes cried out against thee and thee only i have sent neither david nor adam and eve could hide from god there is no place safe except in him, for he is everywhere. Let me give you a couple of passages to illustrate what has already been said. Psalms 51, verses 1 through 7. Hath mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, I have sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desireth truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Psalms 139, verses 8 through 15. If I ascend up into heaven thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, But the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Genesis 3.9 But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? 3.22 God first called Adam and Eve when they were running away, and the Lord has been calling us ever since. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save those who are lost. Luke 19.10 man runs away and thinks he has outdistanced God. He turns back to look upon the path and then hears the Lord saying, my child, I came by a shortcut to wait for you here. The fleeing sinner can never escape the pursuit of love. Shall he who made man's feet not catch up with him? He calls the sinner to salvation and the believer to worship him. John, chapter 4, verses 21 through 26, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye, know not what. We know what we worship, for our salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, And now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things jesus saith unto her i that speak unto thee am he that's the end of the fourth lesson in genesis on the old testament overview thank you once again for joining us remember to visit westbankbiblechurch.com and we're looking in the old testament in there and 142 of them i say that every time because it's a big number And we got a long way to go and a lot, a lot of information to be passed along. But before we conclude, remember, all you got to do, believe on the Lord, Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. So long.